Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hey there, the holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app, and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. In these interesting and uncertain times, we are taking a lot of time to provide mindful solutions for you and want to invite you and remind you that we are doing the Everyday Mindfulness Show now live. So if you haven't had a chance, go to everydaymindfulnessshow.com and hit live and you can see my inspirational messages. But more importantly, every week we are hand selecting people to be on our recorded shows. And today, there's a lot of words I could say about this man, but I have picked one special and I didn't tell him what it is before I'm introducing him. That word is humanitarian. This man is an author, he is a speaker, but more important than that, he is a humanitarian, compassionate, unselfish, altruistic, and generous. And yes, he's won many awards, written many books, but I believe that this is what is most important to him. Welcome to the show, the man who was the CEO of the organization that was the inspiration behind my favorite movie, Jerry Maguire, David Meltzer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'm glad that you said Jerry Maguire is your favorite movie because it was a love story, not a sports film. And when people like you tell me that's their favorite movie, I know it reached its objective of finding love license the love lessons in light and even a sports agent's life which is kind of where i have evolved from and understood how to create an abundant perspective on what went on what's going on and probably what will go on well i i love your web page because i i think it um it talks about the new trajectory in life and it says make a lot of money help a lot of people have a lot of fun and for some people, those are going to be scratchy, you know, make a lot of money. Really? 
have a lot of fun, help a lot of people. They're like scratchy concepts. But I think when we talk about mindfulness, those are key elements to building a mindful work life and a mindful home life. And in these times of uncertainty, of course, those things are mashing up. So, so today we're going to, you know, you wanted to talk about mindset of uncertainty. I'm curious your, your thoughts and inspiration on how do you create a mindful mindset in these times of uncertainty? You know, I think there's always uncertainty. So the first thing that I love to tell people about mindset and mindfulness is that we have to be aware of what uncertainty causes. And I deal a lot in the ego-based consciousness and nothing more than uncertainty causes the need to be afraid right? A need to be anxious, uh, frustrated, fearful, angry, all of these different ego-based emotions and need to be separate, um, inferior and superior. So it's so important to me to, number one, help people align with what uncertainty is and what it does to us, because there's always uncertainty in one thing, and it's the future. But what happens is when we have significant change in a quick time frame, the man-made construct of time People in a 24-hour period, things can change dramatically right now, uh, where we had a sense of normalcy, of consistency, of growth and stabilization. Uh, well, now time is compressed. Well, when time is compressed because change occurs quickly, so is this uncertainty, right? When time compresses, the future is faster. And so I always say the future is kind of dripping or leaking into the present, which causes more fearful behavior and anxiety, which uh, causes an interference or corrosion to the mindful. Uh, and when I say mindful, I mean the connection to the light, love, and lessons that we're always connected to, the inspiration that we're always connected to. And we create these interferences or corrosions through uncertainty, fear, anxiety, et cetera. So I want people to be mindful that uncertainty is always there. Uh, I understand the only person I've ever met or only type of people I've ever met to enjoy change is a wet baby. Um, and so when change occurs and uncertainty occurs quickly, we have to be mindful of where it puts us into the ego-based consciousness so that why we can go back to center, right? So we don't accelerate in the wrong trajectory. We will have to, if we keep accelerating in the wrong trajectory, it could take years in order to effectuate us back onto the same path uh, that we were in or a greater path. Um, and we're creating a lot of void shortages and obstacles right now that are unnecessary because we don't understand uncertainty. And more importantly, we don't know how to react to it. So um, I love your book, Game Time Decision-Making. And it, it's actually very apropos right now. I mean, the book came out last year, but we are all sitting at the precipice of making in the game of our own life, a decision. Are we going to wait or are we going to work? And work is going to mean something different. I know a lot of us are, um, you know, in transition, whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, some of us, you know, still have our jobs, some don't. I'd be curious, how would you guide folks in making their life, their game time decision right now? So I think understanding our values and inventorying our values every day, you start out by saying, I know you're a values guy. I believe in four sets of values, personal values, experiential values, giving values, and receiving values. And I think in order to make game time decisions uh, in an effective way, we have to know our values every day and not be afraid of being a hypocrite. Uh, you know, what happens is if we don't take inventory of our values, there is a longer period of time in which we can make decisions, which creates 
change acceleration and growth in our life. If we take a daily inventory, when things are changing quickly, when things are accelerating, when we have a compressed time zone of uncertainty, when we look every day and say, okay, today, these are my personal values. Today, these are my experiential values. Today, this is what I'm going to give, the value I'm going to provide. And here, most importantly, are my receiving values. And you talk about work, I talk about activity I get paid for and activity I don't get paid for. Uh, it lends itself to being able to learn to love everything I do. Uh, when we start putting certain uh, def definitions, judgments, and conditions on our activities, uh, like the word work, uh, the word work means struggle, it, it, it assumes pain. You know, for me, there's just activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for. It allows me, I've been blessed. Everyone says, oh, you've always loved what you, you've, been, you know, you've done in your life. I said, first of all, nobody would love everything that I've done in my life, but I've learned to love it. Right, I, I make a practice of finding the light, love, and lessons in everything because that's what connects me to more energy, to more emotional inspiration that allows it to come through me with value for other people. Which is why you know you want to introduce me as a humanitarian, a philanthropist. I, I joke around, and I've won some significant awards for philanthropy and humanitarian awards. Uh, but I remember one of the speeches I gave, one of the greatest honors I won with Matthew McConaughey, Morgan Freeman, like really big names. So I said, you know, I have to just thank my mom uh, because she taught me a great skill of Jewish guilt, which allows me to be, and I still believe this to be true. I'm probably the best philanthropist in the world because I have pimped out more celebrities and athletes for charity uh, than anyone else uh, that I've ever met. So. I appreciate people thinking I'm the humanitarian. I give all of my gratitude and appreciation to those people that have been of service and allowed me to utilize my Jewish guilt to accelerate and motivate them to help others. That's, that's the gift of positioning yourself for success. You knew what your gifts are and you've allowed those gifts to grow and evolve and change through the various chapters of your career. And the, the more, professionals I have the opportunity and privilege to interview. I hope that that story comes through for the listeners, that we're living in a continuous state of change and uncertainty. And while you may have thought your job career was this, and now this, this job isn't for you anymore, something else is there, that, that uncertainty was always there. And yet it can be our greatest gift when we decide to allow it to be. Yeah, I think if we focus in on three things, it really helps us. And I tell people all the time, I've done a career seminar, how to build a career in sports with uh, Bruce Tolner from Rep One, one of the most famous sports agents in the world. And because everybody wants to work in the sports world, but what they really want is they want to work in a field in which they're passionate about, but yet they're not willing to learn to love what they're doing. We, you know, just because you're passionate about uh, a sport doesn't mean that 100% of the things that you're doing as an athlete to play that sport are enjoyable. You know, 90% of the things even athletes have to learn to love that are beyond stepping on a field, which is really the part that they love. But the three things that you have to look at, especially now, number one, skills. The greater your skills, the more opportunities you're going to have. The greater the speed in which you can pivot, the more options that you have, the greater capabilities that you have to do things. So if you're not developing your skills right now, you're making a huge mistake, regardless of whether you're in activity that you get paid for or you're in activity that you don't get paid for. You should be developing the skills that you want to develop, whether they're paid or not. Two, 
no better time to acquire, acquire knowledge, right? You uh, are providing an extraordinary platform for people to acquire knowledge from mentors, from people that sit in the situation that other people want to sit in. Real-time dummy tax, you know, real education, uh, emotional intelligence, all these unbelievable things that are facilitated by you are all over the place. And we have access to such a, a, a knowledge and it, we're not using it when we're in our daily routines, our normal routines. And now that we have an extended routine, an adaptable routine, we should be taking advantage of accessing and being more interested than interesting, the, the most knowledge that we can. And then finally, most importantly, uh, in this, you know, I call it a repurposing and a re-engineering, uh, in this period of uncertainty, if you don't understand that there is a practice of inspiration, a practice of your enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of your potential, clearing away those interferences, the, the corrosion between you and that which inspires you. No better time than now to do that. And it's, I could tell that before, during and after this uh, virus, there's no better time than now to clear the interference or corrosion between that which inspires you and you. And then if you can take that to the next level, which is my main mission in life, right? To impact over a billion people to be happy. Happiness is the greatest virus ever created because it's the only virus that spreads by people witnessing it. Uh, you know, serotonin is actually released. When I give you something and you receive it, serotonin is released in both our minds and happiness occurs. But when people witness it, serotonin is released in their minds. It's the greatest virus ever. Uh, and we have to realize that there's such an extraordinary opportunity right now for everyone to develop more skills, more knowledge, and clear those connections to allow things to come through us with appreciation, meaning to add value. If your house appreciates, that means it's added value. So what our job is to get as much light, love, and lessons as we can, add value to those life lessons and love that we can, and then clear the connection between us and others so that we can share or impact, you know, and Holly, you're, you know, one of my 1,000, I say. I look for people like you that a 1,000 people in my lifetime that I know have the capability of empowering a 1,000 people to empower another 1,000 people to be happy. So if you're capable of empowering a million people yourself, and I find a thousand people like you that I can share with and to inspire, then I have the capability of empowering over a billion people, which will collect, literally create a collective consciousness of happiness, abundance, all the things and allow everyone to clear these connections and just create an unbelievable source of energy, light and lessons that in the past has never been created before. I, I absolutely agree with you, David. And what there, there's one piece of this that, that we're not yet talking about. And I, I would be curious your take on it. And you've used the word a couple times now, receiving. And there's folks now that life has changed in a way that they're going to need to open up their receptivity. It might be to a change of a financial situation. Maybe they're going to be, you know, taking in money from a parent or money from, you know, a, perhaps this government subsidy, or they're going to, they're going to need to be receiving when they've, they're used to being the one giving, you know, you know we, we have a society that says it's better to give than receive. Let's chat about that. What's, what's your take on how we can support these people in, in the uncertainty of, of receiving because there's no giving without that receiving exchange? Yeah, I think the greatest lesson that I've learned in my life, and I've 
been rich and poor and rich and poor in a cycle. And I probably lost more money than most people ever dreamed of uh, because I didn't have uh, the correct perspective of receiving. Um, I personally believe that nobody has a problem with giving, that everybody loves to give. It makes everybody feel good, but they forget that when they think about receiving. If everyone agrees that we feel terrific when we give, why not give that opportunity to others by receiving? Why not take a philosophy that everything's not happening to me like a victim. It's not even happening for me like an optimist. It's happening through me like a philanthropist. Everything's coming through me for others. And I take when, the biggest distinction in my life is I learned how to receive, not give. Right? I learned how to receive unconditionally and not give. I already knew how to give. I sometimes gave and traded and had expectations and put my emotional t attachment to the outcome of my giving uh, with resentment and offense and guilt and all these other feelings of ego. But the true blockage that I had was my own worthiness, that my own faith, that by me allowing you to give to me, I was giving you a blessing. I was making room for something that I wanted so I could give to other people. Once I created what I called the downstream in my life, once I predetermined that nothing was for me, everything was through me, everything opened up for me because I got aggressive. I even made my motto, make a lot of money, right? It comes first and believe me, I've worked with and raised millions and millions of dollars and I've had schools tell me that I was giving money to, you know, I, I gave a lot of money as the, the title sponsor to my kids high school. And they actually switched my motto on the school board, right? It said, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun, and make a lot of money. They wouldn't put make a lot of money first. And I kept on telling them, you're, you're, you're literally creating interference to abundance. I can't give what I don't have. You sat there on the phone and begged me, asked me to, to be a sponsor and to give you my money. And then you go ahead and almost criminalize the money part that you needed. Well, Believe it or not, if I didn't make a lot of money, I couldn't help you. I, if I wasn't receiving, I would have nothing to give. I'm only allowing everything to come through me. So I try to motivate people and say, there is nothing wrong with making money. Money doesn't buy happiness or love, but it allows you to shop. And if you shop for the right things, you're going to be super happy. And when I say shop for the right things, I'm talking about, you know, title sponsorships at the high school and community centers and scholarships to kids to go to college in our environment and, you know, masks for, for hospitals and, and respirators or whatever else that money buys. When a guy like Jeff Bezos gives $10 billion to our uh, environment, what type of impact does he have on the world because he has a lot of money? So I am an abundant person. I believe money is the currency of this vibration. It's an object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. The problem with most people is they don't, number one, know what they want, or they want the wrong things because they're watching social media with people that are sitting in front of cars they don't own, houses they don't own, telling you to get rich quick. And guess what? All those people are on the internet today because they closed their doors and laid everybody off, right? I'm on the internet, all my employees are employed and we're helping as many people as we can because I make a lot of money and I do it through me for others, not for me so I can have private jets again. And I don't shame anyone that does because I live that life, right? Cars, motorhomes, big houses, ski mountains. I, I live that life. I'm not judging them. I'm just telling people that if you want to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, have a straight mindset, whether the world is compressed in uncertainty or it seems farther away, 
you can be happy and you can make a lot of money to help a lot of people and it'll make you even happier. I absolutely agree with that. And I just, I think right now that word receiving is something that we need to examine in these, in these transformative times, because to your point that people don't know what they want right now, everybody's out there on Facebook. How can I help you? What do you want? How do you, how can I help you? What do you want? And, and a lot of people are kind of hearing crickets because people don't even know what they don't know and don't know what they want. So how are you addressing that? I know you get asked for a lot of things and you're so generous about sharing. Yeah. So for me, I have a series of questions uh, and there are two series. One is I have to ask a series of questions to figure out how I can be of value or service. So I don't just simply say, you know, how, how can I be of service? I ask a series of questions and I start with an open-ended question, usually like, how are you? What's going on? What do you like about that? What don't you like about that? And I get somebody talking and then I use closed-ended questions to narrow them down. Like, would it help you if, what if this would have happened? Would it help you if, and I continue exploring through a series of questions of how I can or somebody I know provide value to expand and accelerate what they're trying to do. Then secondly, and most importantly, in the guise of receiving, I have learned to ask a series of questions to figure out you know, Holly, do you know anyone that can help me? And I ask a series of questions the same way. Hey, what are you doing today? And all of a sudden you start telling me about how you're looking for guests and this. And I say, oh, do you know one who can help me? I have, you know, a young entrepreneur, Jeff Fencer, that's looking on to come to a mindset or a mindfulness podcast. He's building his brand. Do you know anyone that could help me? And then Holly says, oh, I can. And I know three other people in my space that would love to have Jeff on. I'm speeding things up right? Money doesn't disappear, neither does abundance. It just slows down. And when it slows down, less people can get in its way. When it's going fast, more people can get in its way, more people can receive it and pass it on. So, you know, for me, that's the philosophy I use, the two series of questions. So I know somebody's listening to the show right now and there's no sports happening right now. So, so David, what are you doing? No sports happening in the world. First time, like in the history of the universe, we've had no sports. Talk, talk us off the ledge. What are you doing? How can we, we set a mindset? Because we know sports are going to come back and they're going to come back in different ways. But uh, what, what's your thought on this? Because we got to keep it a little light around here. Yeah. So, I mean, not only are there no sports, I think people are even more afraid because there's no gambling. Um, and gambling was passing, you know, 20 states in 18 months. And everybody was on the edge of their seat, ready to go ahead and have some real-time excitement for whatever capacity that means. So, you know, look, their games are games. And, you know, if uh, the board game industry isn't exploding, I could, I, I haven't looked, but I imagine on Amazon, you know, my friend, uh, Rob Angel invented Pictionary. I bet those things are sold out. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many ways to fulfill our competitive community, uh, teamwork, nature, and it doesn't have to necessarily be watching, you know, your favorite team on TV play. We've missed out on the Olympics and the final four and the masters and my, you know, early career and half of my career now is based off of those events uh, as a platform. And I just choose different platforms now. And our business is thriving more than ever. Uh, we made some pivots and re-engineered a few things. Uh, but our business was truly built to empower others to empower others. It was, you know, utilizing sports as a bug light to effectuate abundance. Uh, so now I've just kind of transformed and been lucky over the last few years to transform myself as that bug light to go ahead and impact others, to impact others. And I credit 
Lee Steinberg, who, you know, they based that movie Jerry Maguire off of to teach me about the emotional aspect of sports and how people buy on emotion for logical reasons and what sports means to people. Um, there's still a lot that we can do within the context of sports. Uh, and they will come back, our favorite teams and players, et cetera. But I think it's fun to take it more personally. I, I, I see two people. There's people that are going to come out of this in incredible shape <laughs> and very, very healthy. And people that are going to come out in the most unhealthy way, mentally, physically, and spiritually. There doesn't seem to be a middle ground. People are literally that I know are taking advantage of this. And it's like, I've never run so much. I've never ate so well. I've never slept so well. And then my other set of people that I'm coaching, it's like, I, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I haven't exercised. I'm sitting in a dark room watching the news all day. I'm like, stop, stop choose door number one. And I think that's what we can do uh, is just once again, find the light, love and lessons in sports and find all the things that we love about sports and make them attributable to the circumstance we're in. Absolutely. And I, I love those words, love, light and lessons. If you're sitting at home, whether you're sitting now at home with your, with your team, your work, your work coworkers, or if you're sitting at home with, with your family, just really spending some time in those questions, where, where is the light here? And let everybody on your team share. What's the love here? And letting people share uh, words maybe we haven't used in the workplace or in our home lives for a long time. Sometimes that word love is a little interesting for people and yet it can empower us so much right now. And then of course, those lessons. So you've talked a lot about re-engineering your life. What are you working on now and how can we help? Oh, thank you. I am working literally on my mission, which is to facilitate as much content as I can that will inspire people uh, to live better lives, to learn from this, to find the light and the love and the lessons in it. And so what anyone can do for me is to text me 949-298-2905, uh, follow me, share my content at David Meltzer, email me david at dmeltzer.com. I don't care, but I'm looking to create a flow of positive energy lessons. I'm not only someone that can pick you up, uh, I, I really am trying to be someone that can get you there. Uh, so there's a lot of people out there that you know are motivational. I try to be not only motivational, but most importantly, inspirational, something that will get you there in the long run to create disciplines, habits, especially about consistent behavior to pursue your potential and be happy. And so anything you can do, Holly, or anyone you know that can share my content to facilitate more people, to help more people, I'm all in. And uh, I'll be productive, accessible, and gracious for it. There's a couple tools I wanted to make sure everybody knew how they could get to you. One is, how do we get to your podcast? Uh, the playbook is everywhere. So Entrepreneur, it's on every platform. And it's a sports entrepreneurial podcast that has leaders in sports, business, politics, everything. Uh, and it's their playbook to success. So there's great light lessons in there. Uh, it's called The Playbook. It's absolutely so on iTunes. There's over 300 episodes. There's an episode for everyone. So I don't want to hear that you're listening out there and say, well, I'm not into sports, so I'm not going to listen to The Playbook. He's doing a show every single day right now on a, a lot, lots of topics, how to make money, how to prioritize, how to come out of these inspirational times together. You're also on LinkedIn Live. I've been able to catch a few of your, your LinkedIn Live shows as well. So um, before we let you go, is there any last minute words of everyday mindfulness that uh, you'd like to impart to our listeners? Always, I always try to do without choking up, but be kind to your future self and do good deeds. That's so easy. Just 
Be kind to your feet. Do good deeds. Think about it. Pick up trash. Smile. I get emotional because it's so easy to change the world just by having the mindset. I'm going to do good deeds. I'm going to create, you know, a better place than the one that exists today. And if you do that, we'll all be fine. Absolutely. David, thank you so much for your yes. Thank you. Remember mindful matters. And so do you, we look forward to having you joining us perhaps on another show. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Thank you.